I don't know why Tom Paris had to go and create Shay Fook on the holodeck mm. when all he had to do was go down to deck four, enter Tuvok's quarters at one o'clock in the morning, and you are into Shay Fook in the flesh there with the, the purple velour and the lighting, mm. just the sexual posture <laughs> of Tuvok. I enjoyed seeing Vulcan pajamas. I thought that those were kind of cute. They're like wizard pajamas, basically, uh, which makes sense, I suppose. But it's good that a Vulcan isn't thrown off when an angry coworker storms in at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and you're in your underwear or whatever. Tuvok handled it well. Yeah, I like that his after hours quarters is just like a, a Prince video. Yeah, a lot of purple rain. <clears throat> purple. <laughs> it's another edit to have where Tuvok reaches for something and turns off purple rain as it's playing in the background as Harry Kim comes in. I mean, I... It it would be it would be fitting if the Vulcans were like we do not we no longer subject ourselves to the emotions. However, Prince does all the speaking we could ever <laughs> need to do on the subject. I thought Prince is going to be the thing that brings down the downfall of Vulcan society. They just start crying and uh, and swaying and as one as Purple Rain plays. What the if the Vulcan? What if the Vulcan society? They don't have access to their feelings, but in lieu of that. They just make mixtapes for everybody. Yeah. So it's like Janeway is about to get marooned on this planet, and Tuvok's like, Captain, I have this tape I'd like to give you that should say everything I need to say for me. No more letters just, from Tuvok. It's just, it's just hey, Delilah, four times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think of you when I hear that James lyric, she only comes when she's on top, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> resolutions is the episode it's the 25th episode of the second season penultimate episode i always enjoy when i get to say that 13th of may 1996 it came out on written by jerry taylor directed by alexander singer in universe date 49690.1 2372 in resolutions voyager is forced to abandon captain janeway and chakotay when they are infected with a terminal illness tuvok leads voyager on a mission to find the cure um yeah so it's the second to last episode before we go into the two-parter that's going to wrap up the season we're only going to watch part one obviously before the season ends as is our uh the way of doing things but um uh i don't know I, do, do you want to start with talking like i don't know if the things are connected enough where we have to talk about them <laughs> well maybe i'll maybe i'll start with this because i think this is kind of a, a spicy thing um I think in in contrary opinion to what a couple of patrons are going to say, I think later on, I think Kate Mulgrew is not doing a good job acting as Janeway in this series. Um, I thought this episode was really strange for Janeway. And I don't know how this character is supposed to be read or what she is as a person or like, what the difference is between when Janeway lets her hair down and she doesn't let her hair down. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't find her. I like, And I guess it spills into the whole Chakotay and Janeway on the planet thing, which was re- made me feel really uncomfortable. It was like watching, it was like watching my like grandparents flirt or something. It was something It was just really um, odd and like, close but not close and i couldn't tell if there's a lack of chemistry i don't know how much this is the performances how much is actually going on on the planet and stuff like that but 
I don't know any of those things. If you want to take, if you want to say that, if you want to think, if you want to defend uh, Mogru's performance, maybe that's a good place to start too. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the best episode to judge her on mm-hmm. as far as that goes, because her performance in this episode basically boiled down to uh, crouching and putting her hand out to a monkey. Yeah. Which she does getting different occasions. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah the, mon- the monkey is the worst guest star I think we've had in a long time. Yeah, it's 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 uh, approaching a monkey and the way in which she centrally receives a massage <laughs> are the two things she has to do in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there's a ton for her to really chew on in this. Uh, this is a weird episode because it's like it's not bad and like the idea is interesting. I mean. I'm, <laughs> It's a fairly realistic idea to, you know, what these people are out there doing. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good Voyager concept. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> what this episode kind of boils down to is two plots that are, that are about the audience waiting. <clears throat> One plot is uh, the audience waiting for Tuvok to say, all right, let's go talk to the, the Venetians or whatever, the Vidians. And the other plot is the audience waiting for those two to just, bone each other's brains out Mm -hmm. and uh it never that one never happens at least and it's i don't know i just found this that you know i found that that we know that's true it might have happened it could have yeah i don't know i just found it fairly anticlimactic and underwhelming well i I, Um, I mean maybe that's why the performance thing sticks to me because like i should be getting something from those two on the planet right and it's just like it's the way Mogru's Mogru plays Janeway for me. A lot of this is that it's like she's not she's not emotional enough. Like I I find Janeway being sexy to not work on any level whatsoever because of the Mulgrew <laughs> performance. I think where yeah. she's like she's almost robotic in how she goes. Like it's this um. It's like a theatrical performance in some ways that doesn't even ever go big in the way that you'd expect a theatrical performance to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like Chicote Robert Beltran also isn't exactly doing great shakes here, but it's like I I found the fact that he's supposed to be getting like so horned up from all this like stuff and she's taking a bath and things like that. And it never felt like there was any real... Uh, development between those two and i thought it was just because the two actors either weren't working together or more to the point for me i just thought that like jane i don't know what janeway is supposed to be really i think that she's really poorly defined at this point and poorly uh, performed well or like performed in a way that does not suit whatever they want this character to be yeah i think the same goes for for chakotay i uh i don't find him to be engaging really ever Mm. um and i i didn't find him his performance to be like the the only thing that's a little bit different is that he does seem to be kind of like more than happy to be off the ship and building a log cabin yeah yeah which is a little interesting but it's not something that they ever like kind of talk about or but i don't know if it's because of he's with janeway or if he just doesn't like being on the starship anymore right right yeah like it's not something that they ever address um and like (laughs) this this could have been a lot better on their end if they tried to play up the awkwardness of it 
because I feel like this, whatever this story between the two of them is supposed to be, is very awkward. And I don't think it's I don't think it's on purpose. Whether mm-hmm. it's you know during the massage, he's like, <laughs> I've had a lot of practice. My mother said I was really good at this, <laughs> which doesn't make Janeway immediately jump out of the chair that, and move to the other side of the room. That turned up the heat in that room. I'll tell you what. Everything Janeway needs to know. Yeah. Or if yeah. it's or if it's when you know uh, they're having their heart to heart and he just on the fly improv some ancient bullshit. Yeah, where he's indistinguishable like, when, from his normal bullshit. <laughs> that's when the warrior decided to stay with the, the 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 queen because the queen totally was was willing to show her boobs, and <laughs> and it's just like it's so awkward and it's yeah. not really that endearing. No, um, and like nothing else that really happens is that like there's no chemistry between them at all, and I think it's. I think it's heightened by the fact that they both are playing it kind of in a very uh <clears throat> I'm not really sure what they're trying to play here. Um I thought I just thought that like I know it's a Star Trek show. I just when they're when they're stranded on the planet for some reason, it becomes an unrealistic performance to me. For some I don't know why. Yeah. You you would think that you would think that they're sort of stoic um reserved uptight nature is a part of being in starfleet you know like the job demands that from them and mm-hmm. you'd expect that when they get to the planet and this episode takes place over like 12 years or something like some extremely long amount of time is passing um like long I don't enough think it's, i don't think it's that it's, long. it's not that long but it's 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 like six months or something it's some absurd amount of time is it six months it's an extremely long time yeah really because, because they say like They've been gone for six weeks, and then it takes another six six weeks to get back to them. And there's some other time that's passed as well along that, along those lines. Um, I think some of the patrons will have it pinned down a little bit better, but it, it's, oh, okay. it's it's a couple months at least. And I just feel that that like the performance, it, it's just, like this has to be a kind of sexy episode on the planet between those two because that's yeah. the only way that the ending. Uh, works at all if the ending is we can never admit what we've done and I'm just going to boss you around now for the rest of the series and this is mm-hmm. the way that our relationship is going to go Um, and it just never I don't know what it is it, it feels down to their clothes where Chakotay put on like his like farmer outfit you know and it's like none of this really feels realistic or, or interesting or um grounded I guess like I thought that the I feel like the Tuvok and Kim antagonism is more believable and grounded in what I think this story would actually be saying about those characters than the way that the romance plays itself. And I think that the romance is central to it, where the Kim and Tuvok thing is just kind of the B-plot that should feed off of it, but like supplants it, in in my opinion, in this episode. Yeah, and the the, the, the Tuvok stuff, I, I just, I don't know. It's not particularly interesting. Um, like the, the idea is interesting <clears throat> again, very like the episode in general, the idea is interesting, but, uh, like at the end of the episode, Tuvok goes back on his orders in order to do this thing that does kind of almost get them killed. And then again, 
as they've done in the past, they kind of wrap it up with like a sitcom joke mm-hmm. from Janeway where she's like, well, I guess you'll never, it's almost, it's almost like you have an emotion there, Captain or yeah. Admiral, whatever the fuck his rank is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I found myself thinking like, wow, what does this mean for Tuvok? Like he's, <clears throat> he's like, I feel like there's a lot on the table character wise that he should be able to like decompress from this. Mm-hmm. Um, given that he was given an order to do something, which he was dead set on doing very reluctant to go the other way frankly did not want to do it even when they were there and then when the captain comes back she's like thanks for disobeying the order <laughs> yeah like, what what yeah. the what do you want from me like what is this how am i supposed to is this apply to everything or just when it involves your life you know like <laughs> I, I don't know i think there's <clears throat> yeah i think there's some interesting stuff in there that that is is kind of left on the table because i mean like you get a little bit of that in the conversation with Tuvok and Kim, but that's mostly about like who's going to take responsibility for like they they just kind of have a back and forth over like whether or not what the chances are that the Vidians are going to help them and like who's going to take responsibility. But I feel like there's definitely stuff there where Tuvok could get into like you know I'm the captain of this ship, I have to follow or you know like I need to my orders need to, you need to respect me and I, as much as I respect Janeway in that I'm going to follow her orders even though she's not here, like that kind of stuff. And they mm-hmm. don't really get into any of that stuff. Yeah, the, um, it's kind of curious to me, like the crew sort of mutinies in this episode. Yeah. They, they like forcibly make Tuvok change his mind <laughs> without holding a phaser to his head or anything. Like they they basically all just say, we're not going to listen to you until you change your mind about things. They dress it up a little bit more than that, but I, I never... Like they, they kind of have Kess come in and convince him to do otherwise or something like that. But I, I, I don't feel that the, the change of Tuvok's heart and mindset is deserved in this. It's just a, you know, a means to end that they have to go and back and get the captain. When he does change his mind, I feel like it's not earned at all. Like no. it's like Kess comes in, and she's like, "But what if you did?" And he's like, "Fine." You know, it's we and feel then he comes sad. Out, and he says, "Yeah, yeah we yeah. feel yeah." And he comes out and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna do this. This is entirely on me. I'm absolving all of you." Blah blah blah. I I wish he had come out and like chewed them out first. Yeah, yeah. and then said, "Okay, we're gonna do this." Like if he came out and he was like, "May I remind you that the Vidians stole Neelix's lungs out of his body." <laughs> <laughs> and they also killed a bunch of people on the ship. Oh wait, no, that was in the other ship. They got blown up. But anyway, every they they uh they, they tried would. to steal Belana Torres's DNA. They split her into two people. Like there's a list of horrible things that these people have done, which is the reason why Janeway was like, "Do not t- do not go to these people," because that was it was Tuvok's idea. Like he wasn't it. Like wasn't he no, the I one who remember. was like? He- I think in the. I uh, I think it was in the the conversation that he was having with Janeway um, when that came up as an option. I think it was it was either him that brought it up or she was like, "I am assuming you are deducting that the logical course of action might be to reach out to the Vidians or something like that." He's mm-hmm. involved in it somehow. I think mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong, but I think he is. And uh, like I feel like I feel like the crew for pulling that shit deserves to get chewed out first before. Tuvok is like okay turn the ship around or whatever yeah I, I agree I, th- I think that it's 
you know the the way that this stuff is set up and the structure and the the things that this crew should value it shouldn't just be we just disagree with the captain and we're we're going to all you know for where the payoff is so much at risk about whether or not this is going to be worth it for one person as opposed to getting everyone home it does feel like Tuvok's point of view needs to be respected a little bit more because he's not his his original decision is not outrageous for a lot of reasons, as you said. Like he's obeying Janeway's order. It also doesn't make a ton of sense to go back for them. Um, right. The best the show can do is has, you know, Neelix says a line. He's like, as the morale officer, I have to tell you, people are not going to react to this very well. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, no <laughs> shit, Neelix. Thanks for thanks for coming to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got to chime in every once in a while when he can to make sure that he still holds that job. It, 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 so it's it's stuff like that. It's like but I um at the same time I actually thought it was kind of a great Harry Kim plot. Like yeah. it, it at least gave yeah. Harry Kim something to do and I don't mind him being the you know, I, I don't know really how, know how well it meshes with what Harry Kim has been to this point, which is sort of like a, a doughy, bland Ensign character who just kind of goes with the flow. So mm-hmm. it, in some ways, it feels more like this is a Tom Paris reaction to something. But Paris doesn't have that. He's got the Harry settle down uh, stuff in this one as as Kim is about to fly off the handle. But I, I still liked it for Kim. I thought that it was it's it's something that the series is seemingly built for which would be this kind of conflict between the characters as they're making their journey home um and this was the first time i felt that kim actually had something to do to do like that yeah um it, i this was the first time where uh in a while that they've kind of done the thing that we have been complaining about recently where they have this situation that affects everybody but you don't get anybody else's point of view on what's going on Mm -hmm. and well they do have a nice bit where you get to kind of jump around the ship a little bit and see you know kim feels one way torres feels one way side conversations about the the yeah side conversations the 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 crew is taking it poorly and they're slacking on their duties uh, cause they're not focused or whatever, or they just don't respect Tuvok or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but like, that's nice. I think they do that a bit better, but, um, plays up the Maxi so, separation a little bit because yeah, there's so, like a distinction between the two. Speaking of that, um, furthering the emasculation of Chakotay <laughs> that this show seems to dead set on doing. Janeway gets to say goodbye to everybody on the ship yeah, and then does. Chakotay doesn't get to say a goddamn thing <laughs> to the other half of the people on the ship who are all his soldiers in the Maquis. Yeah. She just chimes but, her thing know. off and he says, nicely said, Captain. Yeah, it was like it was like on every uh, on the Oscars where like the first producer gets to say everything. Yeah. And then like they step away and the second producer goes over to say something, but the music's already playing. And the, <laughs> the business partners and, who uh, invested a little bit less don't get the the main. Yeah, they're already the halfway speech. to the halfway to the Campbell Soup commercial at that point. <laughs> Yeah, even, you know, I, I just didn't, um, it, it's brought us around back to the, the Janeway and Chakotay being stuck on the, the ship thing. I, just, I, I really don't think they sold that well. And I don't think that, I, I'm feeling this way about a lot of Voyager episodes. Like, this does not deserve to be a two-parter, but I can't help but think that it would benefit from being longer than it is. You know, I see what you're saying. However... 
if this was like if this was a truly serialized show, right? And they did four episodes where Janeway and Chakotay are marooned on a planet. By halfway through episode two, we would both be like, "This is fucking awful." No, we, it need, is, we the, can't. We can't do two more episodes yeah, of this shit. Then, then someone either die or come back or have that monkey turn into something. I know it's. I, I guess the the caveat there is like, if the show is better written at this point, a lot of their ideas feel like they need a little bit more time to sink in than the, sure. the allotment that you're getting with them. Um. Just time for Janeway and Chakotay to let their hair down, you know. Like, um, literally, it, it comes down to the writing too. Like, they, I don't feel. Basically, I feel like those two alone have to have more conversations with each other. You have to have when you're leaving a better farewell than the captain gives to the ship and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I just, I, I feel that. We know as as audience members that we're not seeing Janeway and Chakotay going to be permanently stranded there. So the show's trying to save time and not have it to do that. But the only way that you see this storyline played out through these characters is if those characters actually act like they're going to be stuck there for the rest of their lives. Right. And the way that they have to do it in 42 minutes is that you don't have time to really develop that, that stuff. Like you don't have time to say goodbye. It's the same with... Um, when Tom Paris left, when he faked out everyone and went as a double agent to the other ship, the goodbye is like pathetic to a character, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. they, they've done it a bunch of times, and I think that they, they just don't... Uh, they're not... They're, the, the producers are aware that the show is not going to change, so they feel like wasting the audience's time would be a waste of time by pretending that people are going to go, but the only way that you really get into the stories if the characters act like they are actually leaving or being stuck somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I feel like there's a fight. You got to walk a fine line with that stuff. Right. Cause I, cause I remember when we were doing discovery, we were kind of really getting in on that show for taking so much time to do goodbyes on mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's there's probably a middle ground where it's like yeah you can play it like the characters are actually leaving but you know also let's not let's not do a forty minute clip show with everybody crying about it or something because we know they're coming back next week yeah um, yeah I, well I see the those, it's tough. the the balance there is that discovery is like all emotion right yeah, so yeah. It, it becomes tiresome that way where Voyager is there's really no emotion to this story in my opinion mm-hmm. and but the story is built for that it's very soap opery and it's built around this the frustration of being out there and you know the frustration of being left behind and the frustration of like what do you do now with this person um you know in some ways the the plot is actually the plot is actually kind of cheating too because it's almost like the characters of Chakotay and Janeway know that they're going to be rescued by Voyager at the end of the episode you know so there's a a hesitancy that I think if they assumed that they, that they were stuck there for the foreseeable, like the rest of their lives, I don't understand their reticence. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're going back to the <clears throat> ship, it makes more I, sense. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I also think like given the two people who they are, it's not like they're going to, as soon as the Voyager goes over the horizon, they're not going to just like strip their clothes off and start humping each other. No, you but, know? but the, <clears throat> cause you know, the fact that he's like, 
even kind of weirded out by calling her Catherine. Yes. I think is representative of the kind of relationship that they do have. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't not buy that stuff, but I do agree. I do understand what you're saying where it's like they are hemming and hawing as though they are just waiting for someone to come in and stop them from doing it. Yeah. They, they're, they're acting as if they know that they're going to regret what's going to happen because they're going to be back in a working relationship down the line. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think the thing that they're trying to play up to that they don't do a great job of, um, because you don't really get a lot of emotion from either of these people here is that <clears throat> Chakotay is kind of embracing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Janeway is so focused on the science stuff. Like she's, she's desperately trying to find a cure for this thing. And he's, he's just like, eh, you know, fuck it. We're here. Yeah. We may as well make the best of it. <laughs> and they never really have that much of like a blowout over that. You know, they kind of, talk about it a little bit but it's not not really that much of a no of a wedge no and i feel like that's the thing where he's building like, bathtubs out of stone i know <laughs> man i'll man when he's when he's building that headboard oh, i got that- like this <laughs> like the picture of of like the uh uh the, the the person from the suburbs who has no idea what they're doing being out in the wilderness for the first time yep. like trying to take a lathe to like a like a <laughs> ikea desk or something it's yeah. like that's that's just part of he's, that's just part of the board my man he's he's, um, he's he's not whittling uh he's not carving uh, michelangelo's david or anything like he's just he's going nuts on i i thought that their choice of that's a choice right to make it a headboard that he's making like He's guess, like, well, yeah. you, you snap the handcuffs off the other one. I had to repair this, and I've, <laughs> I've sewn a new pillow that you bit through the last one for. I was like, why is it a headboard? That, that's a weird thing to, to be building. Yeah, I guess it's, I bet it's probably just, you know. That's the, the bit of shit f- that they had in the production departments. And like, no, it I like think it's probably just like, what what could he be working on that's kind of implies something but isn't like out and out like oh that's what i mean yeah yeah yeah. he's making like a sexual part of the like an unnecessary but i only think of sexual things with a headboard you know what are you doing with your headboard (laughs) the headboard is the sound effects in movies about people having sex it's the thing hitting the wall (laughs) i noticed i noticed the springs on your mattress were were too quiet so i've made these extra extra squeaky springs for your bed (laughs) it's it's that that that's the headboard maybe it's more of just a a film and cinema and tv thing but it's like it implies sex yeah I don't yeah. know. It's 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 a weird, and uh, yeah, it's a strange story because I feel like the pieces are there. Like w- what we're talking about, I think we we're we're getting what they're trying to do, but they're just not getting there for some reason. Yeah, and uh, is the script or character stuff at this point? Like if if the characters were, if this performance was better between the two of them, I think this episode is better. And I think yeah, the script is almost there. It's just, yeah. it's the, maybe there's just a lack of chemistry, but I, I find these two to be, I found their flirting to just be incredibly off-putting and not yes. not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. lose the monkey shit. And, yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> at least seven scenes of the monkey could be cut out of this one. Yeah, lose the monkey shit and focus on some more uh, awkward massages where he talks about rubbing his grandmother's feet or something. <laughs> 
<laughs> Akuchiman. Um, anything else here? Well, well we see the uh, the doctor's Vidian love interest. She comes back. Schmalis, can you hear me? Yeah, she does. <laughs> Schmeagle. Schmeagle. Where's the ring? Uh, that <laughs> yeah, was fine. I, She's just a way to get the yeah. Vidians to give her a cure. So I, I really hated all this stuff. Uh, not because... The Vidians or I the woman Vidian? Like the Vidians they're, in everything, general? Everything with the Vidians. Oh, okay. like, I, I didn't hate her specifically because I do like her as a character, but like that whole sequence to me... <sighs> felt i don't know i don't know what i want out of it but it felt very kind of like first drafty to me yeah where like the battle sequence is that what you're talking yeah yeah where they they lower the shields with no repercussions whatsoever and beat the shit on and then just leave (laughs) and like she's sending them a thing from a ship that like she's on the ship but they're still firing on these ships and then they detonate this out of nowhere they come up with this idea to detonate this antimatter thing, which yes. I don't think they've talked about at all previously in the episode. I don't know why they they had to. They could have just out. I think they. I think the Voyager can always just outrun these ships, but they they did yeah. it nonetheless. Yeah. And like, I mean, who knows what they don't mention? What that's going to do to these ships? Like, is it going to destroy these ships? Because the Doctor's girlfriend is on this ship, and they yep. just get, she just gave him the stuff. I don't know. I thought it was really kind of like convoluted and and uh, a little bit lazy. And uh, I I have a real another story pet peeve of mine is um when characters just have to like go get something and then immediately just like retrace their steps. It's I it's it's um you know I've mentioned before I have this problem with like circuitous unnecessary yeah, unnecessary movement. movement. It's the same idea, but like. It's the same idea, but like there's also built into it like I don't know, if you're just going to get something and it's just a MacGuffin and there's nothing built into the MacGuffinness of it, it just feels really hollow to me. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could get I guess you could say, well, I mean, the point is that Tuvok did what the crew wanted and, yeah, it's and about everybody almost got killed. Way, yeah. But it doesn't really ever feel like that because it's it it very quickly becomes about like how do we get this thing and then we get the thing and then they leave and that's it and I don't know it just it felt really uh <clears throat> there was there wasn't any meat to any of that stuff I'd I'd argue the Vidian interaction is not important and you could probably not even show it on screen you know it's like once Tuvok yeah. makes a decision I'd be fine with just assuming that they go and meet that female Vidian and she gives them stuff yeah. off screen and, and no one yeah. cares. Like I, I wasn't looking for um, any – So I mean I, I understand they put they got to make it interesting I guess and make it an action beat or something. But yeah, I almost kind of was like would, would have preferred if they hadn't. Yep. And it just – you gave it a little bit more room for Tuvok to, to, to stew in what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't say that like you know he made some no that's decision, the, but yeah he does he's that's the other kind of the downside of Tuvok's story is that it's it's not a huge colossal decision he makes. Um, it's like I I feel that he's right in what he's doing at first. He gets convinced that he could do something else, but going back is not a complete catastrophe for him as a character. You know, it's like yeah. I, I almost I almost wish that like I think part of the reason why I was hoping it would be just oh they go and they get the thing and everything works out is because I, I feel like that is actually the more unexpected way to play it. Yeah. Because 
you know, all of this is built around the idea that the Vidians are just going to try and screw them. Yes. And so if you go to do this thing and it actually works out well, it's like, oh, maybe we need to reconsider these things sometimes and that every you know you know what i mean like there's there's Fucks a with little tuvok bit more a little bit you know yeah i know what you mean but it, it, that kind of undermines tuvok slightly if there's no downside to his flip-flopping of of direction does, does that make sense well does it though because i mean if there's no downside to it then he has to now think about like well then why why did why was it a big deal that i follow this rule if there was no problem right which which i which is true, but I don't think Tuvok is set up that way at the start. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel that Tuvok is being so stubborn that he can't see the truth of something and that this is sure, payback for that. That's true. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just think it's I, the, the fight scene, the battle scene at the end doesn't really do yeah, anything. Sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's, yeah. I, I, uh, I was more interested in seeing the doctor's girlfriend again. Yeah. I just kind of like, I was kind of hoping she would be back on the ship for a scene or something, but. No. No message. It has um, Voyager's been doing this too, where they it feels like they are uh, short in coverage or something during these action sequences. It has like the the doctor standing at a console as the ship is apparently in the middle of battle, and he lowers the shields and he beams it on, and it's all just one shot. You know, like they mm-hmm. there was some other episode where they were we talked about how silly it was where like Paris is in a shuttle and Chakotay and Tuvok are standing at a console basically narrating everything that's happening off right, screen yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Voyager tends to do that a lot where the action sequences are just, you're staring at a character at a console as he's describing what's going on outside in the larger universe. The most cinematic thing possible. Yep, it's beautiful. Well-framed and everything He's like doing that. it. He's doing it. Here they come. And here comes the second one. They've done it. They've it's got here. the thing. It's here. Go. Shields up. Get out. Um, yeah, anything else? We talked about the monkey. Um, Is the monkey like a metaphor or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just liked the when – they, when they first see it, they're like, it, is that it, – it appears to be a, a primate. It's like it's a fucking monkey. Yeah. You got to cut him some slack on the budget there. It's put, like, well, put, we need glue something to that animal. monkey's face or something to yeah. make it look uh, questionable. Put like a little elephant trunk on it or something to make it not quite obviously a monkey. Great performance from the monkey, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't... Hey, he doesn't... I don't, I don't know what the monkey metaphor is. Um, he doesn't find them the bugs or he doesn't, doesn't do anything. He's just there. Um, What's that Peter Gabriel song, Shock the Monkey? Yeah, Shock that Monkey. I, What's that about? I was, I was thinking... Um, I was hoping Chicote would phase the monkey at first, just like stun that thing as it's as it's running around. But yeah, you know, I, this is a total tangent, um, and it also makes me feel like an idiot. I only recently, and when I say recently, maybe like within the past five years, <clears throat> realized that Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer was about fucking. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it never occurred to me. Open up your fruit cage. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I never thought about the lyrics before. Yeah, and then I like was metaphors. Wa- yeah, yeah I, you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Peter Gabriel's songs are generally more thoughtful than that. Mm-hmm. And there's something weird to me about like going to see a Peter Gabriel concert where he does like a deep cut Genesis song and then he does Biko, which is about like apartheid. And then he's yeah. like, this song is Sledgehammer. It's about having sex. Well, it's just so because it's so obviously inspired by like Motown 
dance hall music that he, yeah. I think he's the whole point of it is just to be like explicitly metaphorical about having sex. Yeah. But it's, it's also, I mean, he, he's kind of clever in it that it, obviously like it hides it well enough where it's not extremely obvious that that's what he's talking about. You know, it's weird. Cause it, once you, once I realized it, I was like, Oh, that's extremely obvious. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, it's, it fits with his oeuvre because it is, uh, <clears throat> very uh intelligently lewd yeah i mean he's he's like it's a it's fairly intelligent because it's you know he's talking about he's going to be a honeybee you know a mm, pollinator mm-hmm. basically it's stuff like that it's 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 there i thought i just i randomly clicked into a monkey section of this thing i'm going to read this little blurb on memory alpha property master which is uh an apartheid term i think alan sims was responsible for casting the monkey that appears in this installment when the script called for an alien primate, Sims found a spider monkey, which on command could walk on its hind legs with its tail erect. At first, Rick Berman just laughed. He couldn't believe that a spider monkey, which he could find in any zoo, would look convincingly alien, recalled Sims. But then I showed him a photograph of what the monkey could do. And he oh, said, that is, a, that is a sexy monkey. <laughs> and he said, look that at that lo- thing. Look at that tail. Look at that erect tail. That's a, I've never seen a tail so erect in my life. <laughs> he said, that looks alien open enough up to your, me. Open up your fruit cage, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Book him. He said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i guess i mean the monkey there must have been some sort of wine scene-esque thing because the monkey gets more screen time than is actually deserving of the monkey in this uh this episode <laughs> it, it literally feels like they're like look what this thing can do let's just, <laughs> just wait let's just keep putting it in the show yep yeah. what uh you guys gotta give that thing back at the end of the day <laughs> I got a couple meetings I want to bring Stick it to. Stick with me, monkey. I'll make you a star. Um, that's it for that. We'll go to Patreon comments now. If people enjoyed the content today, or if you're just a fan of Peter Gabriel, you can leave a couple dollars at patreon.com slash the Penske file, and it comes to us, and then we read comments online that you can leave at that same website. You also get extra podcasts and things like that. So first I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry it's been so long since i've done that voice i think i was doing the brand manager voice that wasn't really the rick berman voice, that's fine you, they're very similar they're very similar <laughs> they're very chicago chicago gangster voice um oh do i have a do i have a batman villain that's gonna want to use you my friend <laughs> thanks everybody resolutions is now, these are the patron comments. So, Clef says, we're breaking our streak of good shows when a mediocre romance almost grows. The cold opens abrupt and the pacing disrupts. Even with Tuvok, this episode blows. Two actually decent callbacks to a previous Vidian episode out of five. Kyle Barrett is our next commentor who I'll send to you. Resolutions. A very unique episode set over the course of three months told in a very standard way that doesn't capitalize on all the interesting ideas at play. The Maquis are fine following Janeway's orders and leaving out, sorry, and leaving, but Harry Kim is the one to lead an insurrection. That could be an interesting inversion, but I'm not convinced it's intentional. And either way, it's barely explored. Captain Tuvok is fascinating, and it pains me we haven't gotten a lead Vulcan captain yet, although the most interesting characterization is Chakotay. 
It's weird that he doesn't have a final speech to his Maquis crew, but I like the idea that he clearly just wants to settle down and fuck, fuck Mountain with Janeway. And I wish his disinterest in the trek in the trek back to Earth was a defining part of his character, even though it seems at odds with his Maquis past. Three unimaginative planet names out of five. New Earth. New Earth. Um, yeah, I think Kat, the, the, the most interesting thing to me about this, actually, was that one scene where Tuvok was like, you know, I'm the captain now. I, I had the, <laughs> He's that meme. Yeah, I, look at I, me, I I'm had, the captain. <laughs> I had I had a little bit of an inspiration to go make that meme, but it it, very, it went away very quickly. Um, and then Harry Kim is like, yeah, well, maybe being a Vulcan captain isn't great because you can't listen to your emotions at all. Like that's a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah, like is is that. One of the reasons why Vulcans have never been Starfleet captains, I don't know. We've never gotten into it, but no, we just see we see Vulcan captains on the other ships, but not not Starfleet ships. Yeah, I mean, Spock is a captain eventually, right? Yes, yeah. By the movies, I think he must he must be. Or do, do we skip his captaincy, or is he just an admiral at that point? I think? I think he's. I think he's a captain, and then I don't think he gets admiral. I think he goes to ambassador after captain. Oh, yeah, that, maybe that I could makes be sense. wrong, but I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, I, I thought the strongest scene was the Tuvok and Harry Kim sequence in his bedroom. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was the most... Um, when Harry came in and he was like, Tuvok, I never wanted to cause you any trouble. <laughs> never ever wanted to cause you any pain. Yeah, yeah, that's Only scene. ever wanted to see you laughing. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate the instrument he plays doesn't allow him to sing and play yeah, at the same time. Comes in and busts out... <laughs> Purple rain on the clarinet. <laughs> and Sin Kim, you've convinced me. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I thought that was a I thought that was good. I, I you know we've talked about it before, but the, I think the show is built for those kind of interactions between the crew and this stuff. And yeah. they mm-hmm. they did it fine here. Tax Bear says resolutions. Not only is the setup for this episode contrived, it's also one of a dozen or so episodes where the solution is a stasis chamber. That aside, I like Tuvok as an acting captain because he showed that a good chief of security and lieutenant commander doesn't necessarily make a good captain. Is Tuvok a bad captain here? I, um, I'd i say he's weak, which makes him a bad yeah. captain. He's not a <laughs> The only other um, active cast member Vulcan captain we've seen, or at least Vulcan in command we've seen, is T'Pol, and she's terrible. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's just not in the Vulcan blood. Bur- yeah, I guess Burnham doesn't count. So it's been a while. Um, but she's human, just raised by Vulcans for whatever that worth. Also, how come... I assume... Do they put them in the stasis pod because they don't know what the virus is doing to them? At the very start? Yeah. Because they, because uh, when they wake up, then when they come out, that's when the the doctor is like, "Oh, the atmosphere is blah 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 blah, or whatever." Yeah, why are so they I guess in a stasis they, chamber? I, I guess they, because they could, if they were just in a stasis chamber, they could be in the stasis chamber on the ship. They don't need to be on the on the planet, planet unless they're waking up after having been just beamed down there. Oh, were they in stasis on the ship? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Mm, maybe that makes sense. That that probably makes more sense. Um, yeah. Eric McGowan says, Resolution is definitely the peak of the Janeway Chakotay ship. Did they or didn't they? Playing around with this kind of character work definitely fits a Jerry Taylor script. The episode is good drama and pretty unique story idea for Voyager and executed well. Four out of five. Ria Lavi is our next commentor. 
resolutions could have been a real great one, but Wong and Beltran didn't deliver as well as Mulgrew and Russ did. The scene in Tuvok's quarters would have been far better and more believable if Harry had broken down and pleaded to Tuvok instead of just being pissed off. I find it hard to believe Harry isn't at all intimidated by Tuvok, especially when it's just the two of them at 1 a.m. in a dimly lit room. The space battle at the end wasn't that great either for, oh, they definitely did it out of five. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I like I, I like the scene. I guess I wouldn't wouldn't want to see. I guess Harry, it's just the, the out of characterization for Harry where he is fairly forward with stuff here and he's never been that way before. Kensito says, I'm hesitant to say this could have been a two-parter as the stuff with Chakotay and Janeway on the planet is extremely boring, but I would have loved spending more time with Captain Tuvok making a mess of things because he doesn't handle other people's emotions well. Three out of five. Uh, Matt Ross off the bat, I have to take one off as I dislike alien monkeys. That aside, the obvious beta mailing of Chakotay now complete. The planet was dull in a snooze fest. The fact that Tuvik, Tuvok, Tuvik, Right, it's Tuvok. There was almost Spock-like facing disagreement to almost mutiny from the crew was more interesting, as was using the Vidians as a helpful solution. It was okay. Two space monkeys out of five. That's a short one too. Jakey's gamer says, "Good relationship development for Janeway and Chakotay that is never spoken of again." That's a shame because I actually do like this episode. Patrick Seba is our next comment. <clears throat> the captain is stranded with blue steel himself no spirit no spirit guide no cameras no eagles no elks chakotay's best shot but our boy draws not it's separate beds in this dance picaresque <laughs> am i screwing up the rhyme there um no i i would have read it the way that you did too i think yeah Three. Sorry, so I was I was studying I was studying the verse. Uh, three quarters of this episode's runtime better spent watching Tuvok's Captain Bly impression out of five. Thank you very much. Next comment is Aaron Million. Even though Kess was the right character to come talk to Tuvok, I have difficulty believing that he suddenly changed his mind because half the crew was standing on the bridge. Kim danced on the edge of mutiny so much that he should have been confined to quarters for a few weeks to think about how he screwed up and not remaining in the alternate timeline that he was given the season. I found the dynamics of possible mutiny much more interesting than the bland Chakotay and Janeway platonic relationship fest on the planet with the monkey. The ending was not the greatest in my view. I would have preferred to see both Janeway and Chakotay separately sitting in their quarters contemplating their sudden change in fortune. Three plasma storm warnings from a monkey out of five. I actually like the ending. Um, I thought the ending was pretty good. I thought that the episode was not well constructed to get to that ending, but I, I liked them having to just immediately go back into their uh, relationship, uh, like boss and coworker relationship. Mm. Yeah, I like that too. Changeling resolutions. <clears throat> I liked this episode. Mulgrew gave a good performance, even when she had to act with a big dumb ape that wasn't even there and a monkey too. Hey, oh, the stuff on the ship oh. was the real highlight, bare minimum continuity. The crew disagreeing bump this otherwise lackluster episode up for me. Three going into the woods to masturbate. I mean, build a tub out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What are you building back there, Chakotay? Well, <laughs> I can't tell you, but it involves a lot of wood. Your mattress springs need replacing quite frequently over this three-month trip. <laughs> this is Norman Buckwald with Resolutions. 
Resolutions. So, no more of the gothic romance in Janeway's life, as now we have a Harlequin romance. Not to be too harsh on it, as the acting of Mulgrew and Beltran is actually quite good. Mm. But considering what happens after regarding J.C. Janeway Chakotay. Janeway Chakotay. I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, Let's just say this episode is more of an anomaly. A monkey and a bathtub, thus two out of five. Darren Hatch says, an episode called Resolutions Without Any Kind of Resolution? Classic Voyager. It's a fine enough idea that goes nowhere, but it's probably for the best that we don't see the first female series lead in Trek getting frisky with her subordinates. Fortunately, this one has some great interactions between the cast, particularly Tuvok and Kim. Once again, Voyager proves that its greatest asset is, far and away, its ensemble. 3.5 Chakotay's shutting down conversations about boundaries out of five. Who needs boundaries, Catherine? That's not like very... we're we're on this planet. We don't no, do you even need shirt we don't even need shirts. <laughs> Take yours what off. What do we need shirts for? <laughs> <laughs> I mean except if we're gonna go swimming, in which case, yeah, I'm gonna keep my shirt on. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to. This is point point extra J. If she doesn't take <clears throat> her shirt, she doesn't keep her shirt on in the tub that he built for her, no. which is nice. Yeah. I, no. What was he was like finger painting inside or something? I don't know what he, he was, was doing. I think he was again in the uh, this show having like the most um, truck stop book understanding of what Native Americans do. <laughs> I, was- I think I think it was one of those like sand painting things oh he's not making a zen guard it was so what is he pouring sand on something to make a painting or? yeah like you're pouring multicolored sand to make like a picture out of it okay i think that's what it was <laughs> put that over your headboard you know indian stuff this is point extra g with resolutions resolutions if this isn't the trek episode where the most time passes excluding time travel and other sci-fi shenanigans then it has to be near the top it sounds like a month from when chakotay and janeway first got infected to the opening scene six weeks until voyager contacts the vidians then six weeks back to the planet there's really not much outside of dialogue to suggest that passage of time, and I think this episode really needed that. Yeah, Chicote needed to grow a beard or something. Yeah, yeah. It really, it really needed a visual representation of the time passing. Plant the tomato plants early. Yeah, the, they could have used the tomato plants. That's a, it's plant a good the, point. They they plant the tomatoes at the end of the episode for some reason. Yeah, hmm. plant the tomato plants earlier and see them grow. Or Tuvok changes his uniform to red and appoints a first officer. That's actually interesting too. It really needed something along those lines. Yeah, I agree because I didn't even register that there was like time. that much time had passed. Yeah, they, they, it's so much time that them going back for the captain is almost um, questionable in how far you are. You know, it's like that. That's a yeah, long I time. Maybe that's part of it too. Where I'm like, guys, at this point, man, like, they're gone. <laughs> they're dead. <you> left. <laughs> I know you left your iPod at the hotel, but we're already halfway home. We have incredible numbers of readings uh, scanning that planet of killer hostile apes all over the place, and they're just going to tear <laughs> these people apart. Yeah, it's it's a long, you know, I guess Voyager has such a long journey that it doesn't matter if they turn back at that point, but that's, it's, uh, that's like, you know, that's, that's us driving a, halfway around the world and then being like, we got to go back and get our passport and then come back to where we were. It's, it's just, it's a tremendously long amount of time. Um, 
Artorias says, resolution is a very bland episode that doesn't show the whole lot, show a whole lot other than to tell the audience Janeway and Chakotay will never happen. I wonder if this episode would have been better if we didn't know Voyager found a cure till the end and focused on the drama between the two of them. I somehow felt it undercut the episode. Still wonder if Rick was responsible for the bath scene. Two monkeys out of five. Yeah, like what if they had just done the whole episode focusing on Janeway and Chakotay? Yeah. And like, you know, it turns into like The Martian with a, like a romance subplot right and then at the end they get this crackling transmission that tuvok is oh, they found the yeah. thing you know yeah 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 <laughs> just as uh just as they're about to get down and dirty to the d that because that's the that's when the crackle would work most effectively right you know yeah yeah Nick the Rat says, resolutions. Chicote's balls would just explode and the medical doctor would, <laughs> doctor would need to beam down there immediately. He would, he would, he'd smash that radio like Jack Torrance in the shot. <laughs> Did you hear something? No. No, it was my spirit, spirit animals. Nick the Rat says, resolutions. Why were the captain and first officer on an away mission together? It took Catherine three days to become crazy and start talking to monkeys and six days for her to forget what clouds were. Did she also forget about the prime directive? (laughs) I do not think that the monkey has warped technology. And then they leave it a replicator in the house. Is this how life started on Earth? That's actually a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They do know shockingly little about this planet other than there's a monkey there. And who knows what they could have set into motion, leaving all that shit behind. <laughs> I um, I thought it was charming when Chakotay is like, do you want gray on the inside or tan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this, the house that they built is so unfuturistic that you can just like flip-flop the sides of your house and it's fine. Uh, Nick the Rat gives this episode one forced romantic attraction out of five. I wish they spent more time with them just so you could see Chakotay making up more native american idioms yes yeah to get out of doing stuff yeah like when he's like uh, Catherine, my grandmother says that uh even the eagle must sleep with the bear from time to time she's like oh okay then i guess you don't need to do the dishes then he's like ah, no i don't no <laughs> it's it's is increasingly desperate um stories that he's coming up with Macabanus Adley says, the Tuvok and Kestine gave me Picard and Guinan vibes, and I think both Tim Russ and Jennifer Lean were excellent in their respective roles. Or Leanne, however you pronounce it. Five mutinous Harry Kim clones out of five. Undiscovered Mugato with the penultimate comments on this penultimate season episode. The crew almost mutinies. Dr. Pell returns. Janeway befriends a spider monkey with a chimp's voice. But I am left with the questions... How is Janeway's science equipment unsalvageable? They have a replicator. She can make a thousand bug traps. Poor Chakotay. <clears throat> Poor Chakotay make a headboard, but it doesn't show up on Janeway's bed. But ultimate question is, did they bang? They bang. Grappler John Zorn says, resolutions to their credit. Voyager's writers have done their homework by actually watching Star Trek. Tuvok's uninspired leadership resonates and dovetails with Spock's arc in the Galileo 7. If it's uh, it's equally unfortunate that the pseudo romantic misadventures of Chicote, Janeway, and Ross's monkey from Friends seems plagiarized <laughs> from the Lifetime Network. In spite of his Robin Hood tights, Akuchimoya is far from the boner of his ancestors, and equally as far from a coherent characterization. Two lusty shoulder blade fetishes, fetishes out of five. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for leaving your thoughts. 
they skewed low. I'd say a 2.5 for everybody on that one. A couple high uh, fours, but a lot of twos in there. So we'll go 2.5 for the patrons. Clay, when are you going to give this one on our scale of 1 to 5? Uh, I think I'm going to give this one a 2. Yeah, it's a 2 for me as well. Yep. Um, it's a 2 for me just simply because the Jane Wayne Chicote thing does not work at all. Uh, I'm fine with the yeah. other one. If the Jane Wayne Chicote thing was firing on all the cylinders, I think this is maybe a three, um, but it just it doesn't, so it drags everything down, makes it a two. Um, yeah, I would agree. That's it. Thanks, everybody. That's it for the penultimate episode resolutions. We got one more in this season, and then we're done with two seasons in Voyager. Thanks for wow. listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon.com slash The Penske File. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Badass is back. We're doing season two of Batman Beyond, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> this month on Patreon, Amanda and I are wrapping up second string of Stephen King with Stephen King's It from 1990, and we will be getting into, uh, it's gonna, probably going to be a long episode because we got to talk about the movie, then we have to kind of do like a wrap up, and then we have to talk about what we're going to do next year, which is a uh, curated list of video nasty movies, mm-hmm. and we'll be, uh, we'll be announcing what the movies are going to be on that episode as well so if you're interested in that don't miss it how are you determining the movies uh i'm gonna go through the list and be like which of these can i watch how many of these can we watch in a row and which ones before we tap out from being disgusted by our lives gotcha i'm trying to i'm trying to keep it to like i'm trying to keep the sexual assault plot to a minimum Mm -hmm. if i can Mm -hmm. uh because the thing that i was uh, Amanda, I've been watching like a lot of Giallo movies lately, and Amanda's like, "Oh, you should have put that on the the thing, the poll." And I was like, "Yeah, I would have loved to, but they all kind of like operate in the same space." Yep. And you know, the Friday Thirteen movies always all kind of operate in the same space. The second string of Stephen King all kind of operate yeah, in the same it's space. T- it's tough to get twelve episodes and and feel uh, like that you yeah, still have fuel so, at the end. I'm going to try and hopefully vary the kinds of movies that we're watching. Yeah. Um, while also making sure that they're not just, uh, you know, gore fests. Yes. Because a lot of those movies that were on that list are just like objectively terrible movies. Not sure. even, not like, not like content wise, but like there's a lot of them that are just very shoddy, Poorly low made. budget, yep. yeah, splatter fests that are just not fun to watch. Okay. Well, you guys will have the list coming out soon. And I think Voyager is scheduled to wrap up. The season two wraps up just as the new year is upon us. So I think the final episode of season two comes out on the last week of December. So everything's working out arbitrarily in that way, which is nice. That's always nice when things line up like that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Listening. This is Resolutions. We both give it a two. On to the next one, which is Basics Part 1. See ya.